Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and as always, I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I'm doing something a little bit different today, and I'm actually sharing an episode where I was interviewed on who is now a dear friend of mine and someone who I respect so very much. You might remember her from the podcast um, a few episodes back. Her name is Sarah Lewis, and she is an intention life coach. She's magical, and she just started her own podcast called Heart Space, and I was lucky enough to be interviewed by Sarah. And this episode really just took on a life of its own. It was so healing for both of us. I remember when Sarah and I hung up from speaking with one another, we were just almost laughing because we were so taken aback just how connected we felt and how deep we were able to go into this conversation. And that is truly one of the things that I love so much about this platform Even if I'm just having solo episodes with you guys, I could have somewhat of an outline of the things that I want to talk about, but my mind will take me in different areas and those areas can be so beautiful. It allows us to expand and to grow deeper and further. And sometimes I'm learning right along with you guys while I'm recording. And that's exactly what happened with me and Sarah. And I loved this episode so much that Sarah graciously gave me the permission to share that episode here with all of you. So if you haven't listened to the episode with Sarah, I definitely recommend that you do that. Also, give her a follow on Instagram. She is at Sarah Lewis Co. You will not be disappointed. She is so magical. Hi, Cassandra. I'm so happy to have you on Space. Our last conversation was so wonderful, and I'm very excited to talk to you again today. I really love everything that you put out into the world. Your photography is just stunning. And when I found you on Instagram, I just fell in love with all your beautiful pictures and the quotes and how real you are. So I'm thinking this is going to be such a good conversation. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much. That's so, so kind. Thank you. So I'd love to start off by asking you a fun question which is what did you, your morning ritual look like today? That's actually such a good question because I recently just made a couple of shifts with that. But today and a couple of days prior, it's looked like getting up at 545 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I take, yeah, I take an hour to make my French press coffee, which I love. That is truly what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, <laughs> And I just free journal for about an hour and I'll pull a tarot card at the end. Yeah. So I always try and pull a card to set the intention for the day. Um, And then I've been going to my 7 a.m. bar class, which has transformed mind, body, spirit, but I love it so much. It's like, it's such a gentle exercise, but Mm -hmm. with such impactful results. So that's what it's been looking like so far. Wow, that's so cool. I've never tried bar, but it really makes me want to try it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And so I did ballet when I was young um, because I was a competitive figure skater. And so we had to do wow. ballet. Um, yeah. And it's like a fun spin on all of those old, you know, all the old um, ballet practices kind of just, you know, elevated really, but it's great. You should try mm. it. I should because I actually did a little bit of ballet when I was uh, little, but just for like a few years. I think I started when I was maybe five and I did like three years, I think, but I actually enjoyed it. So I should definitely try. 
Thanks for the recommendation. Uh, and You're I welcome. I love that you journal so much, like for one hour. That's impressive. Wow. I actually journal for an hour in the morning. And then I also do like a, it's not a sexy word, but I do like a dump end of the day as well. When I'm in bed, I just kind of like anything that's on my brain, I make sure to get it onto paper so that I can sleep sound. And I feel like it's really helped me get into like a a deep REM cycle Mm -hmm. when I don't have any of those thoughts. And my dreams are a lot more clear. We kind of talked about that being clairvoyant and stuff. It's like, it's really helpful um, Mm -hmm. for my dreams to be a lot more clear. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think that sometimes we go to bed and we we take in like the energy of the day, which can be sometimes a little bit heavy and maybe some things have happened and we don't really let ourselves process that information. And it's just so good to put it out on paper, not really thinking about how you're writing, just like letting it all out. Uh, I think it's really helpful. Absolutely. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit more about you, your story? I'm just so fascinated by all that. I know a little bit about you because I've been following you, but for all those who are just discovering about you and all that, so it would be great if you could give us a little bit more information. I'd love to. Yeah, I'll try and summarize it as best as I can. Um, So... The short version, I suppose, is I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Um, I went to art school for college, downtown Chicago, for four years. Um, And that's where I studied advertising and marketing. And my dream job was to always be in advertising and work for this big agency down here in the city. Um, And I ended up moving to Denver. I graduated right around the recession, which was really Mm -hmm. difficult. There were no jobs. So I decided to just go on a new adventure and I moved to Colorado for a couple of years. Um, And while I was there, I was just working at a market research firm. Um, My dad ended up getting diagnosed with um, stage four cancer, which was Mm. in his head of sinus cancer that was pretty rare. Um, Mm. And so that kind of just Ah, man, that just like really flipped my life on its axis. I mean, I think that's to be expected, but um, priorities shifted quite fast and I decided to move home to help my mom take care of him. Um, He was doing okay, but there was just a lot of hospital visits, a lot of chemo and radiation. And I just felt it was just kind of a no brainer for me that even if he was going to be okay, this was time that was meant to be at home with him. He was very special to me. Um, We were very, very close. So I spent, oh gosh, what was it? Two years, maybe a year and a half living at home and then ended up back downtown. Um, So I was still close by, which was really great. And it was in that time that I actually got that dream job at the advertising company that I was referring to and quickly Yeah, I quickly realized how unhappy I was. And that was really confusing because, you know, I had worked so hard to get Mm -hmm. to that point. And yeah, it was like I manifested this job and I got it. The interview process was so easy and my soul was like dead inside. I was so miserable. So my dad was an entrepreneur and my, both my parents were just so supportive and really encouraging of like my artistic talents. And I had always had a love for photography, mm-hmm. pretty much self-taught. I'd never took any classes or anything. Wow. And my dad, yeah, I just had this conversation with him one day. I came home from work and I was sobbing and he was just like, you know what? Life is too short. Just 
try, you know, like you have a support system, try. The worst thing that happens is that you realize that this isn't for you and you begin again, you know, and Mm -hmm. I manifested that career as well. It was just like my soul aligned with this work and it just took off, which I, I can't even express without like getting teary eyed, how grateful I am to all of my clients that just like spread the love, which catapulted my career. And yeah, so I've been a full-time freelance photographer for not, it was nine years in January. Wow. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that that's a huge part of my life. Obviously that's how I pay the bills, but I also love it. Um, but then fast forward a couple of years later and my dad actually passed away, um, Mm. which was really, really difficult. Still is. So it's been five Mm. years. And, um, that for me was where kind of everything internally shifted, where like my soul work really started. Um, I, had a really tough time where I was just in this space of just trying to fill my, my pain with, oh gosh, shopping, um, alcohol. Not that I was an alcoholic by any means, but it was Mm -hmm. just more of comfort. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine because I feel uncomfortable. Um, I'll just shop because I feel uncomfortable. And I always had this like sense of urgency that would just send like chills up my spine. Like nothing could happen quick enough. And so one day I just grew so tired of living like this that I just started a blog called The Calm Collective. And yeah, yeah. It was just a space to just keep myself accountable and to write about how I was feeling and to write about the grief that I was sitting with. Mm -hmm. And so lovely how that community came about because strangers just started coming out of the woodworks of just like, you know, I lost my parent or I lost my child. I lost my sibling, what have you. And I realized very quickly that I was not alone. And it's been about five years that I've been writing that blog, um, semi full time. And it has grown into this, oh gosh, I don't know how to even explain. Like, it's like one of my babies, I guess. It's just, it's so special. And it's just been a really huge blessing in my life. And I hope that anyone who reads it, for them, it just, it's a reminder that we're in all of this together. You know, none of us are ever alone. We're all going through pain in different, in different um, areas of our lives and at different Mm -hmm. levels, but everything is so relative and it's really just become a space where I'm just trying to hold space for everyone else, including myself. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So shooting full-time with photography and then writing somewhat full-time and doing my podcast at the Calm Collective. So that's about it. It's quite a story. And I love how you turn such a difficult and traumatic event that you're dad passed away and you turned it into something beautiful to hold space, like you said, for others who are also going through a difficult time and for you as a kind of a therapy, I'm guessing. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's truly the one thing I think that that saved me. I always say that, you know, when he passed, it was either going to kill me, it was going to destroy me, or it was going to change my life in the most profound way. And fortunately it was the latter. So I'm really grateful. 
and it's not this it's not the case for everyone who loses a parent or a relative or anything like that so it's it's quite it's probably because of your dad that you were able to to transform that difficult time in your life and turn it into something beautiful isn't it oh yeah I so believe that because of his passing and yeah because of who he was as a person it's it feels it felt like such a waste to not spread the light and spread the love the way that he always did when he was Mm. alive so yeah thanks (laughs) yeah I was listening to a few of your podcast episodes and they're so touching and I love how you you talk about um, grief openly and the beautiful things you have to say about your father and and even in his passing it seems like it like there's this still strong bond between souls and I think it's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I just got chills when you said that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's very very real. I I agree. And so he, he was probably, it was also probably because he was so supportive of you following your dreams that you were able to, um, like really create the career that you couldn't have dreamed of. Right. Oh yeah. With photography. Yeah. He and my mom both collectively were just so instrumental in that, in that becoming what it was and how quickly it got to become what it was because I think for a lot of people, and I'm really transparent about this, a lot of people have to keep a full-time job and, Mm -hmm. you know, have their passion be a side hustle. And for me, I was so blessed that I was able to quit that career that was so taxing and so heavy on my soul and just throw myself into this passion. So, um, and I couldn't have done that without them. So yeah, Mm. I'm very, I'm very lucky. Yeah, and like you said, it was also a difficult time for you personally, and you had that job that you thought was your dream job, but it actually was soul-sucking, so it was probably, it probably saved you in a way that you were able to follow your your passion at that time also. Oh, absolutely. I really do feel like it was just like divine intervention with from the universe, you know, I, I think about like how you know, I started photography right when my dad got sick and that Mm -hmm. allowed me to be at home with him all the time, all Mm -hmm. the time, you know, away for maybe an hour or two to, to shoot. But like any, my, my, my schedule was so flexible, which truly, I think that goes down in my gratitude journal every single day, having Mm -hmm. a flexible schedule, because I love being able to be the person that, at the drop of a hat could go with him to his chemo appointment or mm-hmm. right now, you know, kind of falling under the same tree. My, one of my childhood friends is um, battling cancer right now. And okay. tomorrow I'm able to just, you know, make it to go be with her. And it's this really beautiful luxury that I worked hard for, but a beautiful mm-hmm. luxury to be able to just, yeah, have that space and that freedom to be there for the people in your life when they need you the most. It's, it's incredible. I'm so lucky. Well, I just got chills when you were saying that. Um, and I feel like you are probably such, I mean, it's all perfect in a way because you having the job that, that you love, that fuels you. And it also allows you to be there for the people who need you the most when they need you the most. So it's just, it just fits perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know that intuition has come to play an important role in your life. 
Um, was it always like that or was it, was it like there was a shift at some point? No, for me personally, I feel like it was always very suppressed. It's really only been super, super active the past year and a half, but I grew up with a very intuitive mother. Um, Mm -hmm. She has always been vocal about, you know, what she feels and just like living from her gut. And it it was, it's kind of uncanny to like go all the way back to my childhood and she would be like, this is going to happen. Or I feel like this is wrong or whatever. And she Mm -hmm. was always right. She was always Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So it's kind of a bummer that it took me so long to really you know, tune into that space, but I am just so thankful that I found it when I did. So it's been, yeah, it truly has been such a game changer and has saved me in more ways than I can count. Mm. And can you tell us a bit more about what role it plays in your life now? Yeah. Um, so I went through a pretty big, um, and somewhat surprising heartbreak, um, almost Mm. a year ago. And I, I think it was just one of another one of those things where it was like a rock bottom, right? But this rock bottom felt so mm-hmm. different where I just woke up one day after the rock bottom, which was pretty gnarly as they always are. Um, mm-hmm. And I just woke up and I could like hear, it wasn't like a voice of someone else. It was mine, but it was so bizarre the way that I was hearing it it was almost like hovering over me of just like, this is how it was supposed to happen. You know, and like Mm, this this mm -hmm. comforting, comforting voice that felt so familiar because it was my own just being like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, like you're safe here. This is the plan. This is, this is it. Like you're in it. Like let's get started. And it was so powerful that it was one of those things where when you hear something like that or when you see something, you can't unsee it and you can't unhear it. Yeah. And I can't unhear that. And I, I have given up trying to explain it to people who maybe don't understand or who maybe haven't experienced it. A, because that's not my, that's not my duty. That's not my job. Um, mm-hmm. but B, it's so sacred, you know, that it's almost like it is what it is and that's good enough for me. And so once that happened, I dedicated myself to meditation and to getting mm-hmm. um, Reiki done on a regular basis because those two things mm-hmm. really, really helped to open up my chakras and just like really keep me in tune with my third eye and to really have my intuition be crystal clear. Because the minute that I can't hear it the, is like when I know that something is out of alignment. And so I'll go get Reiki, yeah. go meditate or you know, maybe I'll stop drinking for a while. Um, maybe I'll drink a little bit less caffeine. You know, it's like you just start to get to know yourself and yeah. And I don't know, we have a pretty great relationship. She, she's really, I refer to her as she, which might be a little cheesy, but um, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just been one of those things where it's just made my days flow so much easier where, you know, even if it's the other day I was feeling kind of out of sorts and I was like, what do you need? What do you, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And the answer was as simple as a bath in the middle of the day, yeah. but it was just like a bath, go take a bath. 
you know, and it's also been things like just stop eating so much sugar. You don't have to, you don't have to eat, mm-hmm. you don't have to cut it out completely, but just like cut back a little bit. It doesn't feel good, you know, cause I just wasn't feeling very yeah. good. And really you have all the answers. And I think, that's, yeah. yeah, that's been the biggest shift is not having to look outward for the answers that I need, knowing that I already have them. Oh, I love that. Everything that you say, I feel that it's it's the same thing I say, but said differently. And I just love hearing it that way. It's so beautiful. And it's so true. It just, you have everything you need and, and just paying more attention to yourself, how you're feeling and knowing that you can feel better. If like, sometimes you, you just kind of, we tend to ignore our intuition and and like the signals that it's always sending us. But when mm-hmm. we listen to it, it just changes everything. And and it happens to all of us to lose like um, that connection for a bit. It's fine. But once you restore it, it's just everything flows. Like you said, everything flows and it's much more magical. Oh, yeah. And you never lose it. You know, no, that you was never the lose thing it. in the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, I lost it what am I going to do? I lost it, you know? And it's just my friend, Nicole, who's great. She was um, on episode number four on my podcast. She's a shaman. And Mm -hmm. I remember calling her after one of our sessions and being like, I lost everything that I got from that session. It's gone. (laughs) And she was like, that's not possible. That's not possible. You know, it's, it's within, you just have to clear the monkey brain. And, you know, one thing I wanted to say, touching back on what you said is that I think the biggest difference, I think one of the main reasons that we as humans often ignore intuition is, is because we can't tell the difference between our intuition, like our soul and our ego. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, right, the ego is so heavy and like daunting. Mm-hmm. And then the intuition is like, no, 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 like really sweet and kind and gentle. And it can, it can be hard to figure out what is which. And so the simplest thing that I have learned, which I really hope helps anyone listening, because really it worked so well for me. And I still have to tell myself this every day. The ego sounds a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. The intuition is so gentle and sweet. Yes. So if it's coming from, yeah, if it's coming from your intuition and you feel a sweetness to it, listen to that. That is what's guiding you. That's what wants to protect you. The ego also wants to protect you, but in from a much gross. different way. <laughs> it yeah. wants to protect you yeah. from what's what's good for you, what will make you grow, and what will allow you to learn, I feel. And I just yeah. love what you said because, um, yeah, intuition is also much more subtle. And it's just like yeah. it can be that inner knowing without all the – like the monkey mind, you said, like the back and forth, is this going to work out? How is it going to work out? I need proof now. And I need all the, you know, like all the scenarios that run into your head. That's usually the ego. The intuition doesn't really do that to you. Mm -mm. No. And I think part of the problem too with the intuition is that we're human and we don't ever want to hurt anyone else either. Mm -hmm. And so a good example is, you know, for anyone who's dating and you're dating someone and your intuition is like, nope, he's not my guy, you know, like he's not mm-hmm. for me. And, you know, the intuition is like, just break it off now, you know, like don't waste each other's time. And your ego is like, but you're going to hurt their feelings. They're going to judge you. They're going to yell at you. They're going to tell you that, you know, 
your X, Y, and Z, you create all of these stories. The ego helps you to create story. The intuition is like, just do it this way. Mm-hmm. One swift, clean swoop, you know, but yeah, because we're human, we don't want to hurt anyone. And so I think we, yeah, we just start to fill our head with these stories of what can go wrong. That's so true. And I've actually been through that a few years back and it was so difficult to, to actually do the thing that was in my head. And like you said before, uh, once you've heard it, you can't unhear it and it's just there, but I was just trying to push it away and ignore it and ignore it. And it was coming back a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, but still very subtle. And like you said, I, I, you make up all these stories in your head and you find all the excuses not to do what is actually right for you. And going back to what you said, I do, I do believe that we never want to hurt anyone, but I think that if you do what is right for you, even if there might be some heartbreak, it's going to be ultimately better for like, in this case, both people, not right away, maybe. And it might take time to see, but it cannot be, I mean, of course it may feel like you're hurting someone, but if you stay in that relationship, you're going to be hurting two people. So. And that's like why the key for all of this, the answer, it sounds a little cliche, but the answer is just to always show up in love, Mm -hmm. you know, like always Mm -hmm. do things with great love, because even if you're speaking your truth, there is a way to do that in such a gentle, loving way that you can't, you know, well, you can still hurt someone, I suppose, but you know, your intentions are so pure Yeah. that my goal is just, can I hit the pillow at night and sleep sound knowing that I showed up with the best of intentions, oh, you know, and I, yeah. I think that's key. And the one thing that you said too, about not being able to like unsee it and, you know, you put decisions off or whatever. My sister and I refer to this as psychic wax where the universe is going to keep trying. Mm-hmm. The universe stop trying to put you in your truth. Mm -hmm. So I think to save anyone time to just know that like your truth is going to find you. It's a matter of how long are you going to wait to find it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you said that you did the quiz, right? On my website, the intuitive type quiz and that you are clairvoyant, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how does that um, come across for you? How does how do you experience it in dreams mostly, visions? You said a little bit, or how is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have pretty pretty vivid dreams. Um, to be quite honest, that's somewhat new, and I haven't quite connected the dots yet on any like messages or tie-ins as to like how that's applying to my life. But my dreams have become more and more vivid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably. I'm accessing my intuition so much more. Um, so I'm still kind of experimenting with that, you know, trying to be good about waking up and writing down my dreams. Um, and then it sounds kind of silly, but when I meditate, I actually don't close my eyes. Oh, okay. um, I feel like I actually like to look at like a candle flame or just focus on one subject. Um, Cause sometimes I feel like I can, see more clearly with my, it sounds really weird, but I can like see more clearly with my eyes open. Like oh, I get yeah. mental images with my eyes open rather than with my eyes closed. It's a little bizarre and hard to explain. Um, but I see a lot of colors. 
colors are really big for me, like auras and Mm -hmm. that comes easily to me. But I also would say that I'm probably 50-50. I think you are too, where um, I have a very strong deep knowing as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's pretty black and white. (laughs) There's rarely ever any gray. Um, So yeah, it's it's a powerful duo and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And it's always, it's always like, it comes in different ways at different times, but it's just like for you, maybe those two are like, take more space. And I just, I, I, it's so, it makes so much sense what you said about meditation with your eyes open on like focusing on a a flame or something like that, a candle, Uh, because obviously if you're visual, you kind of, it's sometimes hard to close your eyes, right. And to keep them closed. So that's such a good tip for people who are also maybe clairvoyant and very visual. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Another really great one too is, you know, obviously being out in nature is so healing. It's just mm-hmm. to like lay on your back and watch the clouds for the cloud formations mm-hmm. is really, really calming and relaxing too, because you're not like with a candle flame or the clouds, you're not too distracted by anything going by. So you're, you're still like, you know, the, the visuals that you're taking in are very simple mm-hmm. and yeah, your brain isn't like trying to focus on a million things at once. So. True. True. Actually, sometimes yeah. it's harder to um, focus when you have your eyes closed because like all the thoughts come, mm-hmm. come back up. So maybe yeah. just focusing on something. And I think maybe totally. for people who are beginning the journey and just starting meditation, that could be a really good tip. Oh my gosh. Yes. And if I can give another one, like, please don't feel like just let go of all expectations of what you think meditation is supposed to be like. You do not have to sit straight up on a pillow with your legs crossed. Be where you are comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like let go of any stigma or yeah, expectation. Like sometimes, a lot of times I meditate in the bath. Or, um, like I said, I'll be laying down on my back, whether that's outside or in bed, you know, there's just so many, my goal is to be able to meditate anywhere. Yeah. I want to be able to treat and check in when I'm in like a public setting because meditation is that superpower of coming back to ground zero and neutralizing your body, you know? So I think the sooner that we all start practicing whenever and wherever we can, the better. Yeah. That's just my... I mean, not everything I say is factual. It's just what works for me. So true. And I think it's just, it's like being mindful in every moment and just being present, whatever you're doing. It's not easy, especially when we're in those crazy kind of lives, very busy and all that. It's difficult to do that. And um, we feel that there's not enough time to meditate, for example, or to uh, just an example, eat mindfully. And I struggle with that sometimes is that I tend to, when I'm eating, oh, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I could uh, eat and do something. So maybe, I don't know, watch a, a TV show, for example, that's not the best thing, or listen to a podcast, which is fine. But sometimes it's also great to be able to eat and just eat by being mindful. Um, so yeah, I think I think if we can just incorporate more mindfulness in our everyday life and ideally in every moment of our lives, it would be such a different world. Completely different. Yeah. And I know that eating mindfully might sound so like, what, why does that matter? But you're right. And I am with you. I would say probably 
98% of the time in full transparency, I am not eating mindfully. I'm mm-hmm. not paying attention to my food. It's just entering my body. I'm mindful mm-hmm. about what goes into my body, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not taking <laughs> the time yeah, to, to appreciate what it is and, you know, saying gratitude for it. It's just like, okay, it's ready. And in, in we go. <laughs> I could be doing a plethora of so many other things. So I feel you on that. We mm. can practice that together work on that together. Yeah, we should be accountability buddies for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you, what does uh, living from your heart space mean to you? Oh, what a beautiful question. I also just love the name of this podcast, by the way. It just sits so well with me. I love it. Um, mm, thank you. Yeah, living from my heart space. For me, I think that means the first word that came to came to mind was patience. Mm-hmm. Um, just being truly patient and understanding and knowing that so many things are out of my control and that's okay. Um, I think living from a heart space like we talked about before is just really showing up in love Mm. and even when even when it's hard you know I don't want to sugarcoat and say like that I don't ever get angry or that I don't um ever feel like resentment or anything like that because that's just not true but there's still a way I've I've found a way to still show up and love, even with those emotions, you know, like I'll say what I need to say, or I'll write what I need to write. And then I'll be like, and so it is. Okay. There it is. Now we let that go. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? And I think that's truly living from your heart space for me. It's never denying what is going on in your mind and in your body and in your spirit. It's being so self-aware and then immediately matching that with compassion. Um, hundred percent. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Just like giving yourself permission to be human. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be my answer. <laughs> Great. I love your answer. And I feel like sometimes a little bit in the spiritual self-help world, you kind of have, like, you can get the impression that you have to only feel positive feelings and be loving and kind and compassionate all the time, which is obviously maybe a goal for some and it's beautiful, but it's not very realistic. And the thing is that we are human in the end and that we're always learning and always going through things and that we're not immune to being angry sometimes and even even like like having some kind of resentment sometimes but if we can if we know what work we need to do on ourselves and um, if we can for example know that writing it down helps to release it that's what we should be focusing on mm-hmm. yeah completely agree and I also think that a really lovely reminder when I'm in maybe like a negative headspace or what have you, I always try and tell myself you're having a human experience. You know, Mm -hmm. you are a soul on this planet, Mm -hmm. this really difficult planet. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very hard and having an experience and that's all, you know? Oh yeah. That's so so true. Very true. Mm -hmm. And where has living from your heart space led you? 
oh my gosh, to where I am right now, which is, it's probably the scariest, most eye-opening yet beautiful place that I've, that I've landed in my 33 years. I mean, I say that without any hesitation, this, this phase of my life right now is so beautiful and raw and exciting and just authentic, which feels so freeing. I have always felt like I needed someone else to feel worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, someone else to complete me. Um, and yeah, for the first time, I think, you know, living from my heart space and channeling my intuition has led me to a place of knowing that, you know, I'm at home within myself first. And I actually really like it here. Mm. I'm not running away from it anymore. You know, I actually crave coming back into myself and, um, filling up my own cup first so that I can continue to better help the people that I love around me, you know, and show up for my community and for my artistry and my clients. Um, so I think letting go of it's, it's led me to being able to fully let go of needing anyone else. Mm -hmm. And instead being able to just be so grateful for the people that I do have, I'm not dependent on them. I'm just grateful for them. If so so beautiful. Yeah, it does. So beautiful. Yeah. And it's such, it's a place where you can grow so much knowing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another question I wanted to ask you is, um, obviously you live from your heart space and you let your intuition guide you, but what role does intuition play in your business? Oh my gosh. I love this question. Um, that's so funny. So the past six months or so I've had quite a few people be like, so what do you shoot? You know, you're a freelance photographer. What do you shoot? And the simple answer is my work mainly consists of photographing families. And, um, I do a lot of boudoir shoots for women who are feeling really good within their own skin. It's like a celebration of, you know, um, all of the hard work they've put in or their self-confidence, whatever. And I'm just getting into a lot of um, commercial work with product and food and whatnot. But the truth is that I feel so intuitive within the decisions that I make. So I actually have started saying like, I'm an intuitive photographer. And they're like, what does that Ooh. mean? I'm like, well, just, yeah, whatever comes through, if it feels good, you oh, know, if that. it lands well. Yeah. Cause really it's like, I've done so many different types of photography, like so many different shoots. And I think it is important to have a niche, but I think it's also really important to listen to yourself. Like, does that, does that feel good? Is that going to bring forth a different kind of artistry or do I really like this client? You mm -hmm. know, do I want to support them while they support me? Yeah, I do. So while it may not be something that I do regularly. I really only turn work down if it just gives me that little pink or red flag. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so important for anything, actually, whether it's in your life, in your business, or in your relationships. I think we've covered all of those. But yeah, just knowing does it feel aligned? Does it feel right to me right now? It could be, it could be just like that, that would be great, but it's not the right time, also. 
Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I think also with the Calm Collective, um, my intuition has, it's been really hard because within the blogging world, it's always this thing of like, you have to be so consistent or you're mm -hmm. going to lose readers. And my whole view on that has changed recently where I feel like when I'm showing up these days, it's because I truly have something to say. I have a message that I want to share and it's going to reach the people who need it. Um, I feel like if you are following or reading along, it's because you need these messages. So you're not going to go anywhere. Um, mm. And if you, and if you do, that's totally okay. You know, like maybe I'm just not for you. And with Instagram, like I hadn't posted in almost like three weeks and I didn't feel an ounce of guilt. I was just like, you know, and so it is, I don't want to just show up to show up anymore. Like I want to show up when my intuition is like, let's do this. Let's share, you know? Wow. Um, and that's been, that's been really, really freeing. Oh my God. I love this. I think this is such an important thing to talk about because I feel that whether we're um, starting a small business, like uh, coaching in my case, or if it's more like blogging and that you kind of, well, you're told that you need to be very consistent, especially on Instagram these days. And you also have to be on Facebook and here and there and everywhere and do this, this, this every day or week or whatever. And mm -hmm. how do we incorporate more of this mindfulness and intuitive living into that space, into our whatever we create or whatever we want to maybe uh, sell or, or put put out in the world. Mm -hmm. I think it's an important conversation think, to have. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the biggest, something that someone said to me recently that was like a light bulb moment was your people will find you. Mm, yeah. um, your people won't find you if you're sitting on your couch and you're not sharing anything. You know, I think that's pretty obvious, but People will, your people will find you if you are showing up and, you know, sharing from your heart space, truly, mm. um, when not showing up and writing about something that someone else in your, you know, area is writing about, but writing about what you want to write about. Mm -hmm. And if that is once a month, that's once a month and your people are going to tune in once a month. You know, um, and I think for me, I just started realizing that I, I can't, I physically can't live from a place. I can't exist from a place of worrying about what everyone else is going to think. Otherwise my intuition, her light dims and I mm. can't really hear her as, and you know, my heart gets heavy and I get stuck in this comparison game. Mm. and. I'm no longer sharing these profound messages that a lot of times I don't even feel like are truly mine. Like sometimes I feel like I'm channeling them from like, I don't know, like a past life or something. It just feels very important to get it out. Mm -hmm. And I've stopped worrying about how that gets out, whether it's on the blog, Instagram, or my podcast, just so long as it does. Um, that is my That is my sole mission. And I think when you can show up in a way that's serving other people. Yes. And yeah, you're doing that authentically. 
the rest just really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And I understand that making a living is so important. I do understand that. And I know that that's where some of like the anxiety can come in Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, but if I, you know, if I need to make a full-time living, then I need to post every single day. And I don't want to post every single day. I truly don't really have the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure how to navigate that. Um, All I can say is that eventually you will burn out and you know, I, I would hate for anyone who has a calling to burn themselves out to a point where they no longer show up for themselves and for their community because of that burnout, you know? So I think it's really important to find that beautiful balance, that authentic balance early on. Yeah. Between intuition and also maybe a little bit of strategy or a little bit of, um, structure, like a little bit of both. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so that's what the Calm Collective is all about, right? That balance that's a little bit, yeah? Yeah. The work-life balance is huge. It's like the number one thing, it's my biggest priority. And also like for partners that I'm with, it's a must-have for me too. Like I have a hard time sharing space with people, friendships or otherwise, who are so consumed by their work because, again, I do understand the importance of income. I mean, I'm, I'm living, I'm an, I'm an artist, so I mm-hmm. get it. It's like, I have to hustle sometimes, but I truly believe like, if I can do that, I know anyone else can. And, you know, life is, again, it's a little cliche, but life is just too short. Like we are not here to work. We're here to live. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think that balance gets lost on a lot of people and it, it makes me sad. Yeah, it does. And like you said, it's sometimes a little bit difficult because, well, if you're coming from that place of fear and you're worried all the time about not that you won't be able to pay the bills or you won't be able to, you know, just like get that income that you need to live, how are you going to live? So it's, Mm -hmm. it can be tough. It can be really tough. Um, I mean, I know that too, obviously, but, um, yeah, it's, it's an important conversation to have, I think. And one that's maybe not, um, had enough. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. Yeah. And I absolutely, I'm not trying to paint a picture where I don't ever have any money fear. I mean, like clockwork every year in the winter, come winter after the holidays, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do every year for nine years on the dot that fear creeps in and it lasts about a month. And then I always figure it out because I just trust, Mm. you know, I I don't panic. I just trust the process. I know that I will not drown, you know, and it's like, I think if we open ourselves up to trusting ourselves a bit more, that panic subsides and, you know, we are all so much stronger and so much smarter and wiser than we think. Mm -hmm. And just give ourselves a little bit more credit. We don't, we wouldn't have to rely on the panic so much to get through the hard time. And it goes back to uh, trusting ourselves and our intuition and just trusting, trusting, trusting and surrendering. (laughs) Yes. I love that word. It's a good word. Wow, this conversation has been so deep and so powerful and uh, it's been so, so good. I, I'm so happy that we got to talk again. And to know you truly. Me too. It's been very inspiring. And before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you a few 
few quick questions before we end. So what is your astro sign? Mm. So I'm, I'm a Virgo rising. I'm a, um, Aquarius, sorry, I'm trying to think. Aquarius Uh. moon and a Virgo. What's the other one? There's sun, so your main sign, and then your moon, and then your rising or whatever. Okay. So I'm Virgo sun, um, Virgo rising, and Aquarius moon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So a lot of earth and a little bit of uh, air, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite quote or mantra? Mm. I have two. Mm. So I really love the I have what I have and I am happy. I've lost what I have lost and I am still happy. Mm. Um, That resonates really deeply with me because, you know, it kind of goes back to just being so content and safe within yourself. Um, you know, that you are going to go through loss and things aren't always going to go the way that you thought they were going to go. But if you can retreat inward and feel safe there, you know, that happiness is unwavering. So I think that Mm. that's really, really valuable. And then, um, live and let live. Oh, beautiful. Um, I've heard that one quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I have that tattooed on my foot. It's like a lovely reminder. Just like take that patience, that pause for patience and just, try to not judge anyone else's process because they're such an instrument to to how we grow and evolve and learn so oh beautiful I love those two thank you for sharing that of course what is your favorite beverage I think you kind of mentioned that but I'll ask anyway yeah I cherish my morning cup of coffee for sure but I am quite obsessed with sparkling water oh okay like all day that's pretty much what I'm drinking (laughs) okay good and uh what is your dream destination Mm, right now it's Bali I would love yeah like my goal is just to pack a swimsuit my camera my journal and go and just like I don't know if I want to go by myself or if I want to go with somebody those details are still a little wishy-washy but I've my intuition is like pulling me there it is really really wrong so I'm excited to make that happen I hope oh my god I have chills everywhere I just Bali was my dream and I did it for the first time alone last year and it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life I mean I've had many many but uh, that trip was really 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 deep and oh yes Mm. you have you have to do it about that later I'm so excited to hear about it yeah I was oh I mean like when I heard Bali I was like oh I need to go back there <laughs> maybe yeah. we'll meet there so who knows crazy. never had like that strong of a pull to go somewhere before so I'm yeah, excited to discover with that yeah <laughs> me neither and Bali has just been it um yeah and I can't wait I mean I know I'll, I'll go back now it's just a matter mm-hmm. of when but the that initial that the first time I knew I wanted to go to Bali for like at least three years and I I always like there was something that 
happened that I didn't go. And, and when I finally did, I was like, oh, I'm not like, you know, like you're home. I, I do feel strongly that I'm at home in my body. So wherever I am, but I just kind of, oh, I arrived in another home and it was beautiful. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. I also feel like I feel that pole was Sweden too. Cause that's like, that's my motherland. So, um, and my grandfather just recently passed and mm. he was a hundred percent Swedish. So I just feel more and more. It's like, my soul is like, go be there. Like he's there. Mm. You know, I, I just feel very called to, to go there as well and be amongst my ancestors and whatnot. So yeah, yeah those will be my two. Okay. That's something to explore as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. And a last question. Um, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now for work? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's so hard when you truly love what you're doing. Oh, um, yeah. I think sometimes, honestly, I don't know if it would be like, um, by the book, the way that therapists are, but I think I would want to be some sort of a therapist, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's like holistic therapy or even like Reiki, I'm not really sure, but some, some sort of a healer, Mm -hmm. um, I would want to put a lot of my energy and efforts into helping and having that be my actual, my actual career. So I would say that. Mm, but I'd say that you are actually a healer because what you do heals. And like we said before, you're you're making yourself like what you do allows you to be available for people who need you in times of sickness and when they're they need you the most. And that is so healing to have your presence for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. That made me teary eyed. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, okay. It was so good to talk to you. How can we support you? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, I have a blog called the calm collective. It's the calm So I show up there here and there. I've been spending most of my time over on the podcast, which is the same name, the calm collective, mm-hmm. um, which Sarah was on and it was beautiful. It was amazing. And then yeah, it was great. And so then I also have Instagram, which I'm on sometimes mostly stories, if I'm being honest, but um, that's at the calm collective underscore. And then my photography is just Cassandra photo.com or Cassandra um, dot Eldridge on Instagram. So it's kind of a lot, but <laughs> those well, are the two places I'm hanging the most. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I'll put all the links in the show notes anyway, so people can find you there and connect with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was great. It was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so openly. And it was such a beautiful conversation. I can't wait for people to hear it. Mm, Thank you so much. I hope you all loved that episode as much as I loved being interviewed for it. I just told you Sarah's incredible, and this is a conversation that I will think about for years to come. If you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes and leaving a quick five-star rating and review, if this podcast has been landing well for you, I would be so grateful. And to show my gratitude, please make sure that you take a screenshot when you do leave a review and email it to me at hello at the calm collective. Dot com because I want to gift you one of my fine art prints from my Etsy print shop, which is usually a $20 value. So I hope that you can feel the love from me to you. I know that this takes some time out of your busy schedule, and I'm really just so grateful that you continue showing up for me and my mission.